0: Welcome to the Black Eye Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle. How are you doing today? I'm doing better. Uh, This past week, I have been sick. No, not with the COVID. But I had my own little ear infection thing, which has been driving me a little bit crazy. Uh, So I had that, and then uh, $319 for medication to get it well and uh well i'm still clogged my ears still clogged it's kind of weird it gets unclogged it pops and then it doesn't pop and then it pops and then it unpops so i'm just tired of sitting on the sidelines and wanted to get back into uh my little routine so i'm here uh to talk about the news of the day because even though i was down i was not out not out by a long shot so News of the day: As Kyle Rittenhouse, as you well know, closing arguments happened yesterday. Um, I, in my limited legal knowledge, uh, will confidently go out on the limb and say that he most likely will be found not guilty. Um, this is going to be a very interesting uh, thing. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens after the verdict because there are threats, of course, about burning the place down if if Kyle Rittenhouse is not convicted. Um, and I just find it particularly interesting how the mainstream media keeps smearing this young man as a white supremacist, uh, racist, uh, Trump-toting, gun-toting, Trump-loving person who came out here Uh, who came out uh, that night with the sole intent of killing him some black people, even though no black people were actually harmed during the shooting of these rioters. You know, three of the people, three people who were shot, all of them were white. Everybody involved in the situation were white people. But consistently, the mainstream media keeps smearing um, Rittenhouse as this white supremacist, you know, oh, you see, it's white supremacists, see, he killed people, and they're not saying that the people, or the the victims, or, you know, people who were shot were, were white, they're not even saying that, they're just kind of suggesting that he was out there to shoot black people, so, you know, mainstream media, you know, but given what Kyle Rittenhouse has been through, I am glad to see that he has been overcoming some of the, um, the obstacles that have been before him, you know, he was raising money on GoFundMe and GoFundMe, uh, shut down his, his, uh, his fundraiser, you know, because of the politics, uh, it's just crazy, it's just absolutely positively crazy as to what is going on here, uh. The truth is not out there, folks. It is not out there among mainstream media. Also, we're going to talk about uh, our favorite vice president, well, whom I like to call the token vice president, or um, what do you what do you call uh, the trophy the trophy vice president, um, Kamala Harris, and how? Uh, well, I was, you know. Uh, Talking, not talking with, but watching uh, one of my favorite YouTubers, uh, the Black Conservative Perspective, and um, he made some very salient points about uh, uh, Kamala Harris, and I like to build on those a little bit because um, although he had some good points, I also want to add a little bit to that and and maybe have you know non-discussion about it, and uh, hopefully we'll have some fun things to talk about. uh, Um, maybe news of the day, we'll roam around and see what's up on uh, the news and catch up on what's happening in today's news. But first, uh, you know, I already discussed Kyle Rittenhouse and what is going on with that and the closing arguments and how I feel confident in um, him possibly being, um, quite possibly being found not guilty. But we also should be discussing the Aubrey case, because the Aubrey case is also a case uh, that has happened uh, uh, right around the same time as Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, It is... uh, something that has uh, some racial overtones to it. And um, interestingly enough, mainstream media is not discussing this case nearly as much as um, uh, they are discussing Kyle Rittenhouse. And the question is always that, like, why are they discussing Kyle Rittenhouse's case more? It's because I believe that Kyle Rittenhouse, um, that case is a more political case. It is. A political agenda here, you know, that was during uh, the the, uh, the the shooting or the or the the incident occurred during the Black Lives Matter protest, and you know that everybody and everyone uh, is woke now, or so it seems, and um, this is an opportunity. I think uh, the jackals of mainstream media want to see Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, this this young man, whom they've smeared as a white supremacist, a Trump supporter, a gun-toting, uh, uh, you know, conservative, uh, who deserves everything that he gets, uh, they want to see him uh, suffer. They want to see uh, him go to jail. They want to see him prosecuted. They want to see him the books thrown at this young man, and. Uh, the key word here being Trump supporter. So uh, I believe Kyle Rittenhouse's case is more political than uh, the Aubrey case, which um, uh, is not as political. It's more personal. So we're just going to start out here. We're going to talk about the Aubrey case, uh, what we know about the shooting death of um, Ahmad, aubrey uh mr aubrey a 25 year old black man was chased by armed white residents of a south georgia neighborhood they are now facing trial or murder charges now um i'm going to read the article and then we're going to talk about uh the the um what's going on in the trial and the updates therefore and you know then you know, find out how this differs from the Kyle Rittenhouse trial and uh, see what you think about it, okay? Now, it says here, the three white Georgia men stand accused of murdering Ahmaud Aubrey, a 25-year-old unarmed black man, after suspecting him of committing a series of break-ins in their neighborhood outside of the coastal city of Brunswick in South Georgia. Opening statements in the trial of the three men, Gregory McMichael, 65, his son, 35-year-old Travis McMichael, and their neighbor, William Bryan, 52, began in early November. It is one of the most closely watched trials with civil rights overtones in the United States, overtones in the United States since the murder conviction of Derek Chauvin. The former Minneapolis police officer who knelt on the net black man george floyd for roughly 9 minutes the video of that killing created an international uproar and raised serious questions about the treatment of minorities at the hands of the police the slaying of mr aubrey was also captured on a videotape that was widely viewed by the public and the trial of these of his accused killers will also bring up issues of policing Although, in this case, it will involve questions about private citizens and their rights to detain people who they believe to be breaking the law. Well, I don't know um, if you should allow, like, I have a question about that because do, do we allow someone to break into somebody's house or to assault somebody? Um, You know, are we not to call out, you know? Are we allowed to, are we supposed to allow people to just cause damage, nilly-willy? I don't know. I don't know. Um, (laughs) The prosecutor in Kyle Rittenhouse's case said something very bizarre and almost laughable to me. He said, um, uh, about Kyle Rittenhouse, he said, just because you brought a gun You know, you you bought a gun. You don't get to say that you have self-defense if you're the person who bought the gun. And I just thought, well, that's really kind of silly. And then I think he was cross-examining Kyle Rittenhouse, and then he says something about, um, um, yeah, yeah. So the guy, the one of the one of the people who were shot pulled a gun on you, but he didn't shoot you yet, right? And I'm thinking, well, how absurd is that? So you're supposed to wait. For the guy to shoot you and possibly kill you before you can actually defend yourself? Like, how absurd is that? And I think the same question, um, maybe in a different way, is being asked in this case. These men suspected that uh, uh, Mr. Aubrey was uh, breaking the law or breaking into houses, and they chased him down. Hmm. Were they supposed to then not, you know, if they saw him breaking into a house, is, are they supposed to say to not say anything to him or just, you know, let him get away or let him go off and, and continue to break the law? I don't know. That's a question. Those rights in Georgia were spelled out in a controversial Civil War era statute that was significantly weakened by the state lawmakers in direct response to the outrage over Aubrey killing. Lawmakers also passed Georgia's first hate crimes law as a result of the shooting. All of that sets up a remarkable kind of trial in which the defendants will claim they are not guilty based in part on an old law that their actions helped to dismantle. At the same time, they will not be charged under the new Georgia hate crimes law, though all three have also been indicted under the federal hate crime statute. For the state murder charges alone, all three men who have been detained by Glenn County, Georgia jail for more than a year face possible life sentences. Uh, caught Satella and okay. So for people who don't know, and I'm just talking off the cuff here. Uh, Mr. Aubrey was a former high school football standout, was living with his mother outside the small city of Brunswick. He spent a little time in college, but seemed to be in a period of drift in his 20s, testing out various careers, working on his rapping skills, and living with his mother. He suffered from a mental illness that caused him to have auditory hallucinations. He was shot dead in a suburban neighborhood called Satella Shores. Friends and his family said he liked to stay in good shape, and he was an avid jogger, who was often seen running around his neighborhood. On Sunday, February twenty third, 2020, shortly after 1 p.m., he was killed in that neighborhood after being confronted by a white man and his son. He was killed by running near his home, Uh, looked like a man suspected in several break-ins in the area, and called to Travis McMichael, his son. According to the police report, the men grabbed a 3.57 Magnum, Handgun and shotgun, got into a pickup truck and chased Mr. Aubrey, trying unsuccessfully to cuff him or cut him off. A third man also involved in the pursuit, according to the report and other documents. In the recording of the 911, which appears to have been made moments before the chase began, a neighbor told a dispatcher that a black man was inside a house that was under construction on Frank Michael's block. Now. I don't know. Uh, What is he doing inside of a house that is under construction? You may ask. I don't think there's anything much to rob in a house under construction. But again, I may be proving my innocence, my my ignorance here. My innocence, my ignorance here. During the chase, McMonica yelled, Stop, stop, we want to talk to you, according to Gregory McMichael's account in the police report. They then pulled up to Mr. Arbery and Travis McMichael got out of the truck with the shotgun. Gregory McMichael stated that the unidentified male began to violently attack Travis and the two men then started fighting over the shotgun at which point Travis fired a shot and then a second later there was a second shot. The police report and other documents do not indicate that Mr. Aubrey was armed. Gregory McMichael is a former Glen County police officer and a former investigator with a local district attorney's office. Shortly after the shooting, the prosecutor for the Brunswick Judicial Circuit, Jackie Johnson, rescued recused herself because Gregory McMichael had worked in her office. The case was sent to George E. Barnhill, a district attorney in waycross Cross, Georgia, who later recused himself from the case after Mr. Aubrey's mother argued that he had a conf- he had a conflict because his son also worked for the Brunswick District Attorney. But before he relinquished the case, Mr. Barnhill wrote a letter to Glynn County Police Department. In the letter, he argued that there was not sufficient probable cause to arrest Mr. Arbery's pursuers. Mr. Barnhill noted that the McMichaels were legally carrying their firearms under Georgia's open carry law. He said that they had been within their rights to pursue what he called a a burglary suspect. As cited a law, state law that says a private citizen may arrest an offender if the offense is committed in his presence or within his immediate knowledge. And this is why I have no, I don't, I have a question. If they saw something and, you know, they saw him maybe coming out of a house or coming out of a a situation, a situation where he might not, he obviously, probably, most likely did not belong. Do you then sit there and and you know dial nine one one or whatever? Are are you allowed to pursue? And of course, the Georgia law says they are per allowed to pursue. There is a such thing in this life as a citizen's arrest. You may make one. Um, I, you know, I don't know how it goes on from state to state, but I know that there's a thing as a citizen's arrest. i watch people make citizen's arrest on several occasions. So. Um, I don't know. They did have a right to pursue Mr. Aubrey. Mr. Aubrey, you know, might have been caught doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing. This is totally um off the cuff. He was, to, you know, he's you know, caught coming out of a house, caught going into a house. You know, there's some break-ins, uh, the, the the circumstances are confluence. He might not have been the person but he was certainly doing some things that were questionable. Does this have to do with him being black? I don't think so. I think if someone saw anybody who was uh, doing something that was untoward, they would have questions. Um, Mr. Barnhill also argued that if Mr. Aubrey attacked Travis McMichael, Mr. Michael was, quote, allowed to use deadly force to protect himself under Georgia law. Anger over the killing and the lack of consequences for the McMichaels grew when a graphic video surfaced showing the shooting on a suburban road. The video shows a struggle before three shotgun blasts, shotgun blasts. Cell phone video shot by Mr. Bryan is about a half minute long. It shows Mr. Arbery running along a shaded two-lane residential road when he comes upon a white truck with Travis McMichael standing beside its open driver's door with a shotgun. Greg McMichael, his father, is in the bed of the pickup with a handgun. Mr. Arbery runs around the truck and disappears briefly from view. Muffled shouting can be heard before Mr. Arbery emerges, fighting Travis McMichael outside the truck with three shotgun blasts. echo. Mr. Aubrey tries to run, but staggers and falls through the pavement after a few steps. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution published another video that shows a man walking into a house under construction in the neighborhood and eventually running out of it. Esley Merritt, a lawyer for Mr. Aubrey's family, said in a statement that the second video, which appeared to be from a home surveillance camera, is consistent with the evidence already known to us. Ahmaud Aubrey. Was out, was out for a job. Mr. Miller said he stopped by a property under construction where he engaged in no illegal activity and remained for only a brief period. Jamal did not take anything from the construction site. Well, I don't know. I mean, like I said, the confluence of circumstances. Maybe he didn't take anything. Maybe he's not the perp. But under the circumstances people have been under the you know uh under pressure that there were some burglaries in their neighborhood they see a man who is coming out of a place in which he has no right to be on uh you know construction sites can be very dangerous ones not just you know because of a possible thievery but you know they can be dangerous in and of themselves and You know, that's something to definitely uh, be aware of. So, um, in in April 7, 2020, email to the office of Chris Carr, the Georgia Attorney General, Mr. Barnhill, the prosecutor, said that his office had video of Aubrey burglarizing a home immediately preceding the chase and confrontation. But, Mr. Merritt said in his statement, that no felony had been committed by Mr. Aubrey, when he was on the property. In December the Atlanta news station WSB obtained police body camera footage that when officers first arrived on February 23rd including conversations they had immediately after the incident. The conversations show that many officers on the scene knew of Gregory McMichael's background. In September, Mr. Johnson who had been voted out of her job Excuse me Ms. Johnson has been j- voted out of her job as chief prosecutor for the area was indicted on a charge of violating her oath by showing favor and affection to Gregory and Michael and a former investigator in her office and on a charge of obstruction for telling two police officers on the day of the shooting not to arrest Travis Michael robbery's defenders believe he was probably jogging through the neighborhood for a workout Mr. Jay Moore an Atlanta lawyer and Former Federal Prosecutor reviewed Mr. Barnhill's letter to the Glynn County Police as well as the initial police report. In an email, Mr. Moore called Mr. Barnhill's opinion flawed. In his interview, Mr. Moore said that McMichaels appeared to be the aggressors, and such aggressors were not justified in using force under Georgia's self-defense laws. The law does not allow a group of people to form an unarmed posse or excuse me, an armed posse, and chased down an unarmed person who they believe might have possibly been the perpetrator of a past crime, Mr. Moore Ridd- wrote, The question of self-defense will be a central one in the murder trial. Travis McMichael's lawyers plan to argue that their client had no choice but to use force with Mick- Mr. Aubrey engaged with them in a fight. Some observers say that this argument, when paired with the old citizens arrest law, may help win the acquittal of the three men. The victim also ran away from the threat, he said, before being cornered and shot to death, while desperately trying to disarm his assailant, cannot be the aggressor. It was Mr. Arbery, he said, who was engaging in self-defense. There is no other way to see it, he said. Well? Again, a confluence of circumstances. I believe the three men, hmm, just knowing what I know about the case and what I've heard about the case, you know, uh, does put some questions in my mind um, considering that under those circumstances, black men were being uh, prosec- or persecuted or, or under the impression that they were being persecuted by white people. Um, the racial uh, atmosphere that was going on at the time, I could understand why Mr. Aubrey would run away from a group of white people who were coming at him with a truck. I understand that perfectly. I mean, you know, we've all heard stories. And maybe he was afraid, you know. Maybe he was afraid. And I can understand why... The three men thought this guy is a burglar. He's been doing something all the time. And, you know, we're not going to let him get away with it. You know, maybe somebody was, you know, traumatized. Maybe there's a lot of uh, variables here. And then I can understand why Mr. Aubrey would then lunge at these men because they, they obviously had their guns out. Okay. So they had their guns out. They are, uh, you know, looking everybody in the situation is again a confluence of circumstances the Mr. Aubrey is looking like the burglar uh, he's looking suspicious in their eyes and then Mr. Uh, the, the three men are looking like you know they're going to kill a black man today because they're they, they're come out they're they're armed um, and they have chased him down in this you know in his mind and so they're armed and he's going to fight so you have a total misunderstanding, and this is my opinion and my take on it, of the circumstances surrounding the whole issue. Now, you may ask, well, do, does does the, the, um, and the three men have a right to shoot this young man? I don't know. I don't think they do. Um, self-defense, according to what I've read and according to the facts that I've seen, does not really justify this um but there are some some questions i mean you know the your ground question the self-defense question the citizens arrest question um, i don't know i don't know uh, but i see that you know this is going to be made into a racial thing and Clearly, this is a misunderstanding, in my opinion, of a fortunate-unfortunate situation in which two people were in these circumstances and there was, you know, there was, um, you know, nothing, there was nothing that could be done because you had people who just misunderstood the situation. i know i know i know i'm very unpopular right now and people think uh rolling their eyes and saying well you obviously don't understand that you know this was racist race intended and you know and i don't believe that though i really don't believe that i don't believe that every time white people do stupid things that they're racially motivated um i don't believe that but i do believe That there, as as, again, I keep using this phrase and I keep going back to this, is a confluence of circumstances which can cause unfortunate uh, things. Maybe they shouldn't have chased it. Maybe they should have just called the police. Um, But considering that Mr. McMichael was already the police and was an investigator and worked in uh, the district attorney's office, gave him a little more bravado than the average citizen who might have probably just call the police so i understand how all of these circumstances could work together to create this tragedy i really do because human beings are just that human beings tell me what you think tell me how you feel i'm going to take a quick little break and i'll be back with the second segment we're going to be talking about dear old Kamala Harris and uh you know how in God's name she got to be vice president in the first place considering that nobody nobody like was remotely interested in her and nobody really liked her stay tuned I'll be right back You are listening to the Black Eye Podcast. Hey, I'm back. I just got a very, 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 very interesting update. Practically as soon as I went to take my break, I uh, switched over to the Kyle Rittenhouse. Trial, thinking there's going to be um, you
1: know, a verdict
0: but instead I get this and I'm going to play it for you right now give me a second
1: Five box oh, thank you, thank you.
0: Well, while he's doing this, I just wanted to set it up. uh, MSNBC has been banned from the courthouse. And,
1: uh... Once again, we appreciate all our viewers always joining us here uh, worldwide.
0: So, yeah, I, I just got the update here. But, yeah, they're banned from the courthouse because, apparently, some representative from MSNBC... Uh, Try to follow the bus. There, there is a bus. You know that the jurors go in. They, they come in from another location, and um, it's covered. The windows are covered, or whatever. And um, so, whoever this person was, tried to, uh, you know, uh, follow the jury bus. Okay, you know, so the bus is going in. So he was following the bus because I, you know, they intend to. And this is horrifying to me. They intend to expose the jurors. They intended to... This is my... Why else would you follow the bus? Why would you follow the bus? So he's following the jury bus. He got, they got caught. Um, I don't... The, the details are kind of furry. That's why I wanted you to hear it for yourself. But... Um, yeah, so he does that. And... After he does this, he, um, he he got caught by the police because he violated a stop sign or something like that. He violated traffic law or some kind of traffic law. He got caught. They arrest him. And, you know, he reveals who he is or whatever. And now, you know, he, he says he's from and they they find that he is, uh, following this bus, the the jury bus, and so now the judge finds out about this and unilaterally bans MSNBC from the courtroom after a producer follows the bus. I mean Okay, sounds like he's ready to talk about
1: it now. And, uh, the media have been asking questions. There's been conversation around this morning. We had invested, we had asked the um, media coordinator to uh, determine possible whereabouts of uh, certain persons. Uh, because we received a report this morning uh, from the Kenosha Police Department that uh, last evening, and let me just set this background here, Um, the jury in this case is being uh, transported from a different location in a bus with the windows uh, uh, covered so that they don't have to look at any, aren't exposed to any signs by one side or another interest uh, in the case, and uh, so it's a, I'm gonna call it a sealed bus, and uh, that's been done every day, and then they're brought here to this building. And um, last evening, um, a person who identified himself as James G. Morrison, and who claimed that he was a producer with NBC News, employed uh, for N- MSNBC, um, and under the supervision of a person, what's going on? Oh, okay. Uh, under the supervision of someone named Irene Bayon in New York uh, for MSNBC. Uh, the police, when they stopped him because he was following in a distance of about a, a black and uh, went through a red light, pulled him over and of him what was going on and he gave that information and stated that he had been instructed by Ms. Bayon in New York to follow the jury bus. Uh, the matter is uh, under further investigation at this point um, and the media has asked questions about it. That's the latest I have um, and he was ticketed for uh, violating a traffic control signal. Uh, he's not here today from what I'm told. And um, I have instructed that no one from MSNBC news will be permitted in this building for the duration of this trial. Uh, this is a very serious matter and I don't know what the ultimate truth of it is, but absolutely it, it, it would go without much thinking that someone who is following the uh, jury bus, uh, that is a very, that's ex- extremely serious matter and uh, will be referred to the uh, proper authorities for further action. Thank you.
0: So you heard it. They were following the jury, bus. Now, I don't, you yeah. uh, know. In my opinion, that's a new we kind of low, uh, why would you follow follow the jury bus? And, you know, the answer is evidently because they want to dox the jurors, you know. They want to harass and dox these jurors. The, the, you know, what other reason is there to, to do this? They want to find out who they are. They want to harass them. They want them to be, uh, just what I was saying in the previous segment, they want these people to be afraid, you know, whatever happens with the Kyle Rittenhouse, excuse me, Rittenhouse uh, trial, whatever the verdict may be, they want to, it looks like to me, because why else would you do that? You know, I don't, I have never heard of anyone following the jury bus. Um but here, here they are, you know. And if Kyle Rittenhouse, if the verdict comes in for Kyle Rittenhouse, and he is acquitted uh, because of self-defense, um, they intend to really, really, really make it difficult for anyone who supports him or has supported him. They intend to really, really uh, go in on these people. And thank God he wasn't the brightest bulb who ever lived. He didn't watch a lot of television because he doesn't know how to follow anybody very well. You know, you keep your eye on the bus and you follow all the traffic rules. But, whatever. But anyway, they're caught in the act. And uh, I haven't seen the reaction to MSNBC yet. I'm curious to find out what they are thinking and what they have, what you know, what's going on with them so far. It's nothing, uh, nothing happening at this moment. Uh, No one is um, talking other than this, this brief thing that I saw. Oh. so, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we will see, I'm curious to know what their response is, though, like, you know, how, how do they explain this, because right now, not that they had any credibility, ability, oh my lord, credibility to begin with. They, you know, it's MSNBC, it's, you know, considered the trash, the trash of the, of the networks, of the three networks, but now, you know, that, that dubious honor has become CNN's least trusted name in news. They really ought to change their moniker there. But, um, you know, uh, jeez, no, uh, you know, MSNBC trying to, uh, get a scoop by harassing the jurors. I, I don't see it as any other way than harassment. I'm I, sorry, I mean, you know, you can make the argument that, oh, well, you know, they're just trying to get the scoop and they want to get exclusives and, you know, they're trying to, you know, journalism and all that stuff. But, I, you know, considering their network and, and the hostility that is coming out of their network, I mean, there is no, no possibility you know, they don't even paint Kyle Rittenhouse as a human being, you know. They just paint them as racist people, you know. Jory. uh, What was she talking about? About the crying? What was, what was that that she said? Uh, what was that? What was it she said? I'm trying to, trying to think about what she said, because she, she's always saying something. She's the gift that gives keeps on giving to conservatives and and uh, and um, independents alike. We really ought to get together, give her a bouquet of flowers and a thank you card. You know. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah, here it is. This is what she said.
2: It's a house trial reminded a lot of people of something, something, I can't remember what it was. Oh, the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, in which Brett Kavanaugh, who had been accused by a high school friend of committing sexual abuse of her, cried his way through the hearings to make him a permanent member and associate justice of the United States Supreme Court. And his tears turned out to be more powerful and the tears of Christine Blasey Ford, which were the tears of an alleged victim. But in America, there's a thing about both white vigilantism and white tears, particularly male white tears. Really white tears in general, because that's what cares, all right? They care out and then it's supposed to get caught green waterworks. White men can get away with that too. And it has the same effect. Even as the right tries to politicize the idea that masculinity is being robbed from American men by multiculturalism and wokeism, they still want to be able to have their tears. So my friend Jahan Jones, who writes the brilliant The Readout Blog, wrote a great piece about this. And if you want to read it, you're going to be able to read it right here. Just come right now strike.
0: So... Yeah, that's what she thinks of white men and people, white people who cry. I guess they're not human beings. They don't have any feelings, they don't have any emotions. I mean, the idea that you're watching Kyle Rittenhouse, you know, talk about how afraid he was, um, and these people. You know LeBron James, and Joy Reed, You know, paint him as a non-human. That that it didn't bother him that somebody was hurt. It didn't bother him that he you know that that they wanted to hurt him. None of, it, it didn't even occur to them that he is a person. Uh, he he actually might have feelings, that he is a person with feelings, with emotions, and when he's recounting this and he's reliving these things this this tragedy, you know that, you know, yeah it causes you to break down yes it causes you to dry heave, he's a 17 year old boy and, you know I've never taken anybody's life, thank God. I I suspect none of these people in mainstream media ever woke up one day and and was faced with such a fear that, you know, the best way to defend yourself is to, unfortunately, end a life. But I'm pretty certain that weighs on you very, very heavily. And not any one of these people, black Americans, exhibit any kind of compassion to him at all. Not as a young man, not as a as a person, not as a human being. And to me, it just seems the very, it's, it's the very essence of racism. Because you don't regard these persons as people. You don't regard them as human. You know, we have to get rid of the prisons but not for the Trump people. Throw away the key for Kyle Rittenhouse, even though the evidence is very clear. If you if you watch that trial, the evidence is clear, and even though you know this kid was scared. Now you can make arguments about whether or not he should have been there. Or whatever you know, <sighs> there's a lot of the, the the rioters shouldn't have been there. You know, the, the the buildings shouldn't have burned down. There shouldn't have been breaking glass there. There shouldn't there shouldn't have been a need for police presence. the The, the, the politicians shouldn't have told the policemen uh, to stand down and not arrest the the criminals that were out in the streets looting. There's a lot of shouldn't haves there. You know, maybe you know all those things were, in fact, maybe in 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 intact. Maybe you know Kyle Rittenhouse and maybe the people who who are out there trying to protect people's property wouldn't need to come out there. Wouldn't need the. Wouldn't need to protect anybody's property. There's a lot of wouldn't have, you know, He shouldn't have. There's a lot of those out there. Maybe the idiot who grabbed the gun shouldn't have grabbed the gun. How dumb are you to grab a gun? However this is what's going on now, the, the mainstream media painting this picture uh, you know and they're they're going through these lengths to make certain that the, the 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 ideal of a trump supporter not even if we don't even know it it doesn't even matter at this point you know what your politics are it matters that justice being served and that the truth is being told, but it but to them it doesn't matter. You know, white tears. Have anybody said that about a black person? You know, <laughs> can you imagine the outrage? If you you said that about any other people, the outrage, the outrage, and yet. You know she gets to come out here and say something about white tears as if people aren't human beings look Karen's we we all have Karens like you know Uh, we had Karens for years the only difference between now and is that you know Karens get photographed used to be they could say things and do things and nobody believed you you know I got fired once because of a Karen and, you know, they took her word over mine But I, I don't think that everybody, every white woman is a Karen You know, this particular woman was a terrible person And, you know, what goes around comes around So She lost her business as soon as she fired me So, there you go <laughs> But, listen I'm still watching out for the trial still with the uh... Michael uh, Big Michael case here so I'm going to close out this uh... podcast if there is any news though and any updates I will bring them to you Um because I'm interested in knowing what you think and how you feel about it uh, about what's going on and uh... Mainstream media and justice for all, and all that good stuff. Listen, if you've been it with me this far, thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, again, I'm sorry if I sound a little uh, crazy. My ear is still kind of stuffed. Uh, less pain, just, you know, blocked. But anyways, you go out and have a great day. Uh... Have the best day you can. Thank you all. Be blessed. You have just heard the Black Eyed Podcast. If you would like to contact me, you can do so through Twitter at MHB1070, on Instagram at My1029, that's M-H-I-G-H-1-2-2-9, 1029 thats mhigh one 2 excuse me, Or on Patreon at TheBlackEyePodcast.com If you would like to donate to the podcast, you can do so through Stripe. Any donation helps me make better content and bring it to you. Thank you.